Starship Troopers, I'd say. Let's do that one. Okay, we'll start with the one I'm more excited about. All right. Would you rather climax with Starship Troopers? That's what Troopers? I'm wondering, if I should save the one I'm excited about for last or not. Now, do you mean you're more excited about it as a film? Yes. Or to talk, to rip into it? You really like it? I like, yeah. Yeah, let's talk. Yeah, let's do that one first. Yeah, I like um, what it, uh, like... It's like a, it's like a like a practical joke. Welcome to Frame Rate, the show where we rate frames, where we've already begun discussing Starship Troopers. Great movie, Paul Verhoeven. Today's topic. I'm Michael Swabe. With I'm, me, as always, is I'm Abe Epperson. With me, as always, is I'm Abe Epperson, and sitting in with us today, very graciously, hi, I'm Dave. Is the guy I'm pointing at, David Christopher Bell. Hey, Dave. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. Very Explain exciting. why Starship Troopers is good. Yeah, it's like a hundred million dollar practical joke the studio accidentally played on itself. That's why I love this movie, because it's Paul Verhoeven making a movie about Nazis, and at the time Sony was having like a weird, uh, like a regime change. Like they were, they were having, they were switching producers around and stuff. So no one producer supervised this movie, and then it was too late. And then they shot the movie and. Um, nobody realized he was making a satire that cost more than Jurassic Park. Right. Did you know one of the producers has a can- is the cameo in Isn't, the movie? Is he the, the only the good the guy? The only bug. good bug is yeah. a dead bug. Yeah. yeah he's one of the producers. One yeah. of the producers, yeah. 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 It's Space Nazis. Space Nazis, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, Killing I, uh, bugs. I, I, I'm very... I, I just love this movie. There, this, this type of movie can never be made again. Yeah, it's, um, it's a very special I, to me. They got a, he got away with something. I mean, he. I don't know why they didn't know that it wouldn't go this way. Because, like, <laughs> reading the book, which is pretty, like, opposite. Right. And Paul Verhoeven famously did not read the book. Yeah. Yes. He's like, I read, yeah. like, a few pages. Robert A. Heinlein, yeah. one of the great grandmasters of sci-fi. Have we, have we all read it? No. I've not. I've cliff notes it. Okay. I've read it four or five times. I really liked it as a kid. I do see now, if you look at the Wikipedia, for example, a lot of the critiques are, <laughs> it's basically pro-military propaganda. Yeah. Right. And the film, of course, is a response to that. And the book is that, but it's also like a very engaging, detached, dry exploration of war tactics in a believable setting. Not believable in the strict sense, but like... If there were bugs that worked like this, mm-hmm. this would be how it would work. Yeah. And it's like interesting to watch in the way that it's interesting to watch like a documentary about World War II. But it's very clear reading it that Heinlein like thought all the kids in the 50s were punks. And that's basically what the book is about. Like kids need discipline. They should fucking get haircuts and join the military. That's what made a man out of me. And then the movie's like basically taking the piss out of that concept. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess my main complaint, and I think one of the reasons it fails miserably <laughs> is it presents a lot of the gung ho patriotic stuff totally in the standard way, like in the Spielberg way where the music rises triumphantly and you're glad that they didn't get killed by the bug or they killed the bug. And that to me really confuses like, is this satire? That was the, yeah, that was the problem is that when it came out, nobody knew it was satire, right? Like it got terrible reviews because people were just like, what the hell, what the hell is this movie? It's Yeah, because it's, um, it's totally fascist, but it's also painting a utopia. But also saying the utopia is only good for killing bugs. So it's like 
the reason that it's not the reason it's snake like in its satire is that it doesn't have one point. It's not right. this is bad. It's imagine a world that it was like this and we did these things and also did these things and you're like, Well, what am I supposed to think about that? Well, I don't know. Because yeah, they, they it paints the bugs as bad guys in it too. Yeah. Although I will say I'm not certain are the bugs are are they causing those meteors? Um, to hit Earth, I was actually reading ever... about this uh, because uh, Verhoeven believes yes, that's what's happening. But someone was arguing that specifically with the asteroids, like the Buenos Aires, or I guess in the book, isn't it the Philippines? Or oh, I remember. I think the main character is just Filipino, but um, the the asteroid that hits us that because it's not faster than light travel that was not sent by the <laughs> bug lord, bug world right. that sent 80,000 years ago and just went, happened to go through a wormhole. So it's not something that the bugs did. Oh, it went through a wormhole. Well, yeah, yeah. There's the gravity scene. Cause the concept is the bugs are not highly intelligent. They're just a highly <laughs> efficient species. Yeah. Like they can't build high level technology. But when the hive gets large enough, they produce a type of bug called a brain bug yep. that does make them more intelligent. But it's implied that it still doesn't make them so intelligent that they're like building cities or rocket ships. The way they actually travel through space is they happen to be native to asteroids, which is genius in the book because the one of the fundamental problems with a, lar a big bug species that's giant bugs is an exoskeleton. The reason we have an endoskeleton and not an exoskeleton is if you scale it up, like very, you require very low gravity or you'll just get crushed under the gravity. Uh, like a bug can't get over a certain size on the planet Earth. It wouldn't structurally work. So in the book, Heinlein was making a very good sci-fi extrapolation that if there were a species of giant bugs somewhere lurking in the cosmos, they'd have to live on asteroids because that would be like how the gravity's so light. What's hilarious is in this movie, they fight on asteroids, they fight on planets, they fight in various places and in every place, the gravity is Earth normal, and it affects everyone the right, same. And right. the bugs are just like as if they were walking around on Earth. So that immediately makes no sense. Sure. But the conceit is that some of the bugs' asteroids leave the orbit of their solar system <coughs> and randomly fly through space, hit another planet, and then that planet's infected with bugs. That's super not the bug's fault. Like your point, right? Like no, they're just like defending themselves. Yeah, they're just they're ants. They are not even like smart ant people. They're just expanding wherever they land. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's weird. Just, just eating up the the flesh. Yeah, just I, being bugs. I feel like as a satire, and I I think this applies to most Paul Verhoeven films where he like. He he's intentionally cheesy, especially with the performances. Yeah. But in a way that he never winks at the audience. He never like is like, oh yeah, I'm in on it. Like you you feel like you're laughing at him. Like uh, Showgirls is one of those. He told uh, yeah. who's who's the the main actress in Showgirls. Um, I don't remember it's, her name. I haven't seen oh, it. that's gonna <laughs> bug me. He told her he told her intentionally to act over the top, and then later it kind of ruined her career. And he oh. said he felt bad for that. Because people thought like, oh, what a terrible actress. But like and her like, direction. No, I told was her to. I'm yeah. sorry. To yeah. be over the top. Yeah. And I feel like that's 
that's what he did here. And like the satire comes out right at the, I feel like at the very end when um, Neil Patrick Harris says it's afraid and everybody cheers. That's yeah. what I didn't understand again. Even that didn't wink enough for me. Oh, they're dressed like Nazis. Is it yeah. Is okay. So you are saying the humans are Nazis. Yes. Yeah. When you said there's a movie about space Nazis, I assumed you meant the bugs. Oh, no, 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 no. It's the humans. Explain why. It, what in the movie? I understand <clears throat> why you're saying that, but here's it's my problem with regime. the movie. If it's yeah. attempting to be a satire, what in the movie let me know that that is what the movie was about? I got this. I would say, okay. Uh, the... In order to become a citizen, you have to do a bunch of things for the state. You so, cannot vote unless you yeah, have served in the military, so which is true in the book. Freedoms have been stripped away from the populace. But it's not just that. Look at the Or film. is it that freedoms need to be earned? Uh, the, the film itself, every military uniform is a World War II German military or SS uniform reference. Okay. Uh, the flag of the Federation closely resembles the Imperial Eagle from World War II Germany. Right, right, like the metal you would get. Yeah, yeah for like everything, Americans. everything, even down to, oh, hi, kitty. Even down to the weaponry and like uh, how they, they look as they're, entering battle is like they look like space nazis all right so to me it's it's more of a visual right but I mean, it's also johnny rico's blonde and blue-eyed for sure yeah and that's another argument is um he comes from buenos aires and the argentina is well known for an escape Harboring nazis an yeah. escape route Brazil after the fallout of world war ii I think that also the general vibe is to they want you to look at the bugs and and hate them as a viewer and it's it's that idea of like it's almost like trying to show the Nazis from the perspective of being a Nazi of like look at these things yes they should be wiped off the mm-hmm. the planet well They're it's terrible. an extermination of a pest that exactly. spreads and infects right. but that's my question is. That's what makes it confusing to me whether he knew it was satire or is just saying that after the fact because the bugs are depicted as a horrible monster race that you would want wiped out. Well, what is that saying? If you're buying the World War II, is he pro-exterminating like gypsies, Jews and, you know, homosexuals? Is that what Paul Verhoeven's getting at? I I don't understand. I think it's more cerebral as like the xenophobic other in the same sense of a very similar movie. Uh, or book, uh, Ender's Game, uh, follows the same kind of. I have that. We have to get to Ender's Game. Yeah, yeah I want to. I want to talk more about it, but just for what's relevant for right now sure. in this dialogue, uh, the military, which is kind of the government at the same instance, because it's kind of a police state in both movies, but especially in Starship Troopers, it's like a huge nod to everyone toes the line. Everyone is like kill them all everyone is it's very important that no one is like pro bug there's that one scene between the two scientists where she's like once they get to a uh, like a number there's like a brain bug and he's like an intelligent bug i'm offended well, Great there's, performance there's also uh two things i noticed on that note that i think do call it out so the one time someone suggests what is the thesis of ender's game which is what if we tried to understand them and how they think right it's a reporter who goes, some have said maybe the bugs like have more sophisticated motivations and we should communicate with them. And then our hero says like, no, we're just going to kill them all. And he literally, because it's a news report, looks right at camera down yeah. the barrel 
And arches his eyebrows <laughs> like, mm, I'm from Buenos Aires. That's the point of the movie. Yeah. There's like, do you get it? The hero. So, and then the other one is the hero, Johnny Rico, the titular here, or like, you know, the one you'd assume is the hero just because he's the focus. Literally says a line that is one of the most said lines in movie and exclusively said by villains. When he orders his men into battle, he says, kill them, kill them all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, so you had your hero say a villain line yes. to show that the hero's a villain. Yeah. Well, one of the first scenes in the movie, which they they, they kind of distract you from what's going on, is them in class and the teacher is literally teaching that violence solves problems. Right. I agree and, with that. Yeah, and he's flirting with. Um, Do you disagree with that? <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong, but he's 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 teaching it like in an encouraging way, and and. Then he asks Johnny, like, if he truly believes it. And, like, it's it's clearly, like, indoctrination right from the start. Um, I agree with that. I just feel compelled to say that, like, over the course of my life, I've definitely gone from someone who thought violence never solves anything to someone who thinks that's kind of easy and privileged for me to say, w- look at history. When your options, like if you're an oppressed group and your options are exhausted, violence is an acceptable means. Well, look at what... Like, I used to be scared of Malcolm X, and now I'm like, no, I totally get why he said what he said and his philosophy. Yeah, historically speaking, violence does get things done. If they aren't being listened to, they only have... They have very few options. And expansion of freedoms for poor people usually comes after an outburst of violence. Like, sorry, I wish it wasn't that way, but that doesn't mean it isn't. Uh, Well, when this movie came out in 97, and it's still was American peacetime. Yes. You know, like it had a culture where if you were to say, utter that, you would not be very popular. I still think most people will be like, oh, that's sad to hear Mike say. I thought he was like a hippie idealist or whatever, which I am. I just can't ignore that. I just see lots of historical trends where literally the, I'm giving the speech that the fascist gave in right, Starship Troopers, right. but... Part of it was correct when he's like, if you look at the French Revolution, blah, blah, blah. All these things were like, well, it was good that happened. Okay, you know 100,000 people died to get that to happen, right? That's just the truth. I don't know how any way around that. And that's where the satire kind of comes into play is that by making the analog of Bug, who has no way of really truly communicating with us, it really establishes itself as a another culture in every single way you know like when we look at our own global scale of like xenophobia and the inability to understand you know different cultures uh you know or just the idea of manifest destiny or whatever you want to talk about where two cultures are mixing they always focused on how they weren't the same so to have it that well they're bugs and they're gross and they sometimes throw asteroids to us we don't know if that's intentional or not, but we're not going to think about it. It's absolutely intentional, and they needed to die. Right. And you that's know? Why, why I like the, yeah, that final declaration, it's afraid, because it's the first time, hopefully, it's the first time the audience is, is considering that idea, that these things right. can be afraid of us, and that they're not so different from us in, in that regard. Like, they feel things. They're, oh, that's an interesting taste. Oh, I yeah. didn't take it that way. Because be, up until that point, they're all, they're just drones. They're just, it's an alien right. movie. And now that's it like, even has the sophistication to even have feelings. Yeah. Right. And but, then the final thing we see is that brain bug getting tortured. Because we, we see that kind of before the Neil Patrick Harris and the, the propaganda films, like shooting one of the bugs and 
right. showing how to kill it best, and it's kind and of the nerves dispassionate. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and now you see it again after that that line, and it's, you realize like, oh, this thing's being tortured. To it's death. jabbing it up. Also, yeah. sorry, two things about that. One. I love everyone cheers like it's a decisive military victory that will turn the tide of the war. Right. When he reads the mind of a bug who knows it's alone and captured by the enemy, and he goes, It's afraid. Well, of course it is. That doesn't tell us anything. <laughs> what does it have plans? Can it give us information that's actionable? Right. No. What do you mean it's a friend <clears throat> who gives a shit? Secondly, if you have a whole platoon of psychic dudes. Why are you torturing it? <laughs> Can't he just psychic the information? You're all, you're all absolutely correct. Yeah. That's like the whole point. Like, cause I read it very differently not to take away, like, cause it's not like, that's not where the image is complete. It's not just that it's afraid. And that might mean that they're now seeing it. And like, it's true that they're not seeing it as drones, but the damage is already done. Like they're so, it, what it, that moment to me is that they're, uh, ideologically so far gone and a police state in it full of hatred and spite against these creatures that it's not just that they understand the bug better. It's that they're celebrating that it's afraid. Oh yeah, absolutely. So it's not just that like, there's no hope that this is going to like turn heads and go like, it's afraid. So it has feelings. So maybe it's like different from what we thought. No, no they're like, we're glad right. that not only can we like dismember the but they feel these, scared. But they they feel it like yeah. we feel it. That's a good thing, and that's Neil Patrick Harris. You know, essentially his character becoming like a Nazi doctor. Like yeah. we found out more than we found needed to. Like He's we push. Yeah, exactly. And and it's like it's really damning. It's also about how it changes the human race. Like this, we're not the the. I I feel like the idea is there's no going back. Like even if we yes. wipe all the bugs. That's not going to stop. We think it works. Things. We're now yeah. a military state. But what's funny and I just think needs constant underscoring is the, the original book it's based on said all those things and was like, yeah, that's good. <laughs> like Robert Heinlein actually believed you should do military service to get to vote and stuff right. like that. Right. Different. Um, I mean, different times. Sometimes like uh, there was actually something that I read about uh, I this, read about. which was a. Uh, Jean Rasek, the Michael Ironside, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, read the book as a youth, and he uh, asked Paul Verhoeven, who grew up in a Nazi-occupied Netherlands, let's remember, why are you doing a right-wing fascist movie? And Verhoeven mm. replied, if I tell the world that a right-wing fascist way of doing things doesn't work, then no one will listen to me. So I'm going to make a perfect fascist world Everyone is beautiful. Everyone is shiny. Everything has big guns and fancy ships, but it's only good for killing fucking bugs. <laughs> nice. Oh, man. This is- he sounds so smart and thoughtful. It's a shame the movie's not better put together. Because <laughs> there's also just like craft problems in it where it's not that good. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, Again, I, I would, would ask you, would you like to lo- learn more? I would argue I, that that's, I'll just say that's Total Recall shoots it out blows it out of the water in every production level oh yeah sure well this is why i think it this is all intentional because again also um robocop showgirls they're all well shot movies right this movie i think is intentionally shot in a way to yeah. look corny and not like, just the cam footage there's a fakeness 
to they they shot out most of the bug world what's the name of it planet p path can do kandathu they shot it in wyoming and like a, you know in and they had to reuse like areas so there's this feeling of sameness mm-hmm. and kind of fakeness because it, that rock was in the other battle well, and the classic Verhoeven ultraviolence works well to contrast it. Right. right. Like, probably my favorite moment is the opening when you get the newsreel that's as cheesy as, like, a newsreel from the 30s. Then it says, let's cut live to Glendathu. And the footage is, like, Robocop gory mm-hmm. of, like, no, war is actually held. Here's the bugs dismembering some yeah. people for your entertainment. Although, what the fuck is with the cameraman who's the reporter's getting eviscerated? And the cameraman not only doesn't try to help them, doesn't run for their own safety. He's super dedicated. But steps closer to like get a good, get juicy good close shot. up of their friend getting eviscerated. And then themselves, of course, gets eviscerated. Yeah. And I was like, I hope you learned your lesson in your last moments, motherfucker. I hope you're thinking, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Because you you're don't an think, idiot, dude. You don't think that that's a conscious statement on war propaganda if it is it's clumsy in the sense that i just can't and yeah but at the cost and of war that photography you're putting a quote-unquote realistic scene in your movie i'm supposed to buy where a human acts like that and it's just not a way that's how this act. thing operates is it's everyone's facsimiles of real people johnny rico yeah, it's a cartoon learns how to become a colonel very fast and I love that the point of the love story triangles that all works out quadrangle just seems to be the moral is like whoever the military puts you with, just marry them. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they start in love with different people and then they switch to just loving whoever is their literally like their war buddy. (laughs) There was a scene they cut between, um, Carmen who's Denise Richards. Yeah. And I forget the, uh, her partner's name. The guy with the terrible hair. The guy. Yeah. The guy who's also a pilot. They play jump ball. I think is the name of the sport. <laughs> Fake football. No, I'm dead serious. Uniforms. Yeah. The uniforms football. are so yeah, terrible. Arena football. Um, the Giants versus the Tigers. There's a, there was a scene that after she learns that, uh, Rico dies, uh, like, I think it's like a scene where he consoles her. And they kiss. Yeah. And uh, they tested it with audiences and ended up cutting it because they thought that Denise, Ri- like the audience thought that Denise Richards was like a bitch yeah, of a character. Yeah, test audiences apparently yeah, were really they, disapproving of her. But like, of course, they I'm sure it. they're fine that Johnny Rico's immediately tapping Diz in the showers or whatever, right? Right, sure. Yeah. I mean, they kept that, that scene Right. In. What is with, this was not in the book. Why is everyone naked all the time? That's Paul Verhoeven. He just loves that shit. He because has multiple. He was naked when they, or he yeah. was naked for some of the filming. Him and his DP to make yeah. everyone comfortable. Yeah. Um, he has multiple interviews about recent movies too about nudity. He always has nudity in his films, and like my favorite um, interview was just him saying, "What can I say? I'm I'm Dutch. We we're just naked. Like that was his that's excuse. True. So just like I'm Dutch, and it's like okay that." There's sure, plenty of I Dutch people going like, don't lump us yeah. in with you. <laughs> I don't know. They seem, I, I don't know. There's naked. a lot of Dutch movies that like Dog Days. Have you ever seen Dog uh, yeah, Days? Yeah, yeah, you showed it to me. Yeah. We jerked off. They love, <laughs> they love orgies, man. And I, I yeah. get it because he's, he's also said like, you know, American films, we don't give a shit about violence, but the moment there's genitals out, we freak out. I get that. But his packaging for these satirical points yeah. is so clumsy. I feel <laughs> yeah. like it messes it up because... 
there's just stuff I can't buy, and you're saying I'm not supposed to buy it, but I don't, it just bothers me that, for example, you're creating a culture that can't exist. Everyone's naked in the shower and not acting like that's a problem or there's any sexual tension. But then at the end of the shower scene, they make fun of like, someone slaps him on the butt and then later they make fun of him for seeing his genitals. So it's like, is nudity taboo in the future or not? It's totally inconsistent throughout the, they make jokes about the fact that someone would be naked. And I was like, but you just came out of room where everyone was naked and it was like, acted like society's transcended that bro. We don't, you know, we don't make each other uncomfortable. I'm like, but she slapped you on your ass on the way out. That's a very 20th century locker room thing to do. I think that's perfect because it it reveals the very Americanness of the movie, like the fact that it cannot reconcile itself. But Americans, no offense to Americans, I think it's the way we're acculturated. Americans couldn't have co-ed showers. There would be insane rape statistics. And like it's implied but, in this movie that it's utopic. <clears throat> Nothing bad ever goes down in these showers. But is it not the same or similar, at least, that when we in our... Uh, teen movies will have like the jocks slap each other in the ass, call each other fag. Uh, there's what's the word uh, in Rick? Irreconcilable differences. Irre- yeah, there's or just, cognitive dissonance. There's <laughs> cognitive. Yeah, it's one of those. I, I'm thinking of it like kind of Star Trek, where there's no currency. Where if you if, if you sit down and try to think about how that works, it doesn't make sense to right. me. It's like, who would work in 10 forward if there's no currency? Why would you do that? Why would you be right. a waiter? But it's that same way of, it's like, it, this is, it's the future and nudity's okay and genders can shower together. Well, it's also you, why like the dudes from Buenos Aires and there's a fully, this is true in the book too, there's a fully homogenized, globalized society. There's no racism. Somehow right, we yeah, accomplish that. It's just like you have to sort of accept it. Like I, I just sort of accepted like, OK, that's somehow we have reached this point where. But then I'm saying if you follow that through with the craft and care that like a good artist would, <laughs> you would say, well, how does that affect society? I have to make my dialogue comport to that. Right. And I would argue people wouldn't make sex jokes in the same way. Right. Because the cultural norms have shifted. I think that's and true. There's a bunch yeah, of standard I, I, hacky sex jokes that I don't think would exist in a world where. Nudity is so untaboo. Yeah. I think you're right. I think that if this were true science fiction, it would, but it's more fantasy. The no. satire is in reflecting against the, like the weirdness of like, isn't it weird that our society does this? Like that's where the satire is at home. Right. So, I guess, yeah. so it's, it's pointing out the unusual, even though you're right, that would never be a culture Norm. And maybe it's the result of pushback from the studio or whatever. I don't know. It just feels like could be too. his satirical points are sometimes hampered by reverse satirical points. Like another clash. We've transcended race, which they make a point of doing in the movie. Yeah. They make nods to it. And it's true in the book. And gender. But when he gets whipped, which is insane that they mention also that he could be hanged. Yeah. We still hang people. Yep. Um, when he gets whipped, he's very pointedly whipped by a black dude. And I'm like, so you want me to buy the world where there's no racial uh, aspect, but you also want to get your cake and eat it too and make some kind of little racial point by making the dude who whips him a black dude. And that's your satirical point. But your point doesn't work in the reality of the culture you set up. Right. I feel like you have to do both at once. I would argue that, yes. And this movie's just like, whatever the satirical point is, that's what happens. I don't care about the world 
cohesing together. In I think it's way. trying to make you feel mad. Or feel like this like, world could never really it's, exist. Yeah, it's madness. Because the world could clearly not exist. It's insane. Yeah. yeah. I, would, I would argue that with Paul Verhoeven, it's hard to tell what's intentional and what's not always. Because That's what I'm getting at. Like, yeah, this isn't a perfect film. It's not a perfect film, but I love it because... I mean, I love all his films because I just, I genuinely can't tell if he's aware of things or not. <laughs> um, I, I actually got to see a Q&A with him after a screening of this. And like, for example, uh, the brain bug, like at the Q&A, he was just like, yeah, no one said anything about its mouth looking like a vagina. So we just kept going with it. Like, it's stuff like that where you wonder, like, Does, did he know? Did he know that thing yeah. looks... Like 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 genitals and yeah he did absolutely he start did. with that concept yeah he yeah clearly did and like I feel like there's yeah it's not did he want all the computer displays to look like kid pics from yeah. like the early nineties I guess it was the a flight in the navigator yeah. he's I put him in the same category as like um, John Carpenter where neither of them are perfectionists um, when it comes right. to when they're shooting like people come to John Carpenter and be like yeah I rewrote all my lines and he'll be like yeah sure whatever. Who gives a shit? Like, I'm just here to get it done, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But they somehow Eastwood make these... like that too. Yeah, he's the Oscar bait version of that. He's like, look, we have this really important script with all these heavy hitters involved. It's gonna get some Oscar noms, but it's not a big deal. Let's just get it done. That's yeah. like his directing style on set. So if you're a studio, you just you don't give Paul Verhoeven a hundred million dollars. Like, no, that's <clears throat> it's a silly thing to do. I mean, I'm glad they did it, but yeah, to. Uh... Two kind of factoids on that point is that to avoid an NC-17 rating, there's a beheading, the decapitation during the last battle mm-hmm. at the Whiskey Outpost base. Yeah. I love the name uh, Planet P. <laughs> they got away with it. They got down to an R just by cutting four seconds out of the decapitation. Someone getting oh, decapitated. Which is a lot yeah. of seconds. Uh, second, if that's your big effects shot with all the gore spray and everything. Right, yeah. right. They use like 17 gallons or 18 <laughs> gallons of blood in this film. Um, the New York Times did a piece where they gave a thousand 13 and 14 year old boys tickets to Mr. Bean to see if they could sneak into Starship Troopers because people were doing a lot of that at the time. <laughs> what? what? This is this? all true. Yeah, they they did they did this and. Uh, after the kids love Jake Busey, <clears throat> son of Gary Busey, and they this just is, gotta see him. <laughs> this is the um, kind of uh, experiment that popularized that movie theaters had to stop this practice of movie hopping because right? movie hopping was pretty big. Then that uh, when they looked at the budgeting of like how all the people who wanted to see this movie were getting into it illegally, uh, they felt that. They estimated they could have doubled their income. So instead of twenty five million, it would have been fifty if it had been a PG thirteen film. Oh wow! Ah, uh, yeah, it did it broke even, didn't it? Yeah, something yeah. like that. Basically broke even. Yeah. Just to add a few more facts that I really wanted to mention is that uh, Gerald Ford's son is in this movie. That yeah, Stephen Ford, who apparently he is plays like, the brain bug. Yeah. <laughs> He's in like one shot. He has a line. He's just a random soldier. Also, that teacher who um, they do the dissection with the blind right. yeah. face is burned. Yeah, that's freaking. That's Blanche from the Golden Girls. Oh, oh yeah, man, you can't tell under the face burn. No, yeah. not at all. And the haircut. Yeah. Uh, if we're doing all the factoids, I just want to mention that they did dodge a big bullet 
insofar as one of the main critiques of the book is there is a second alien race that we're in conflict with called the Skinnies, who are widely perceived to be a caricature of like tribal Aboriginal peoples. Oh no, and not in a racially positive way mm-hmm. oh no yeah and we drop uh i believe napalm pellets on their villages and Oof. they end up uh betraying the bugs and allying with us and we sort of it's the white man's burden to uplift the skinny so the book's terrible and i don't defend <clears throat> it and heinlein was essentially a fascist but man i loved it when i was a kid just for the sci-fi aspects like literally just for the explanation of this is how this works, and this system works like this, and this is the political system, and they were all great. Right, yeah. Uh, and I hate that in the movie they dropped the the whole opening sequence of the book is a guy in a <laughs> cocoon that's metal on the outside but transparent on the inside, parasailing, like paratrooping in to the planet. And the inside of the cocoon is all these displays. It explains how the helmets all work and how their armor all works. And it's all fucking so cool. That sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, they cut Um, the armor for the movie. The book, yeah, it would have been too high budget. But the book is just very in-depth about, seriously, like a documentary about a war that never happened. To the point where you know how the weapons work and how the armor works and why. the Yeah, it's just really, really cool. And he does do things like... In every battle, take into account what the gravity and atmospheric conditions are. Yeah. Things that this movie was just not interested in doing. Right. <laughs> Speaking of the armor, I thought it was funny, and you probably know this factoid. Uh, the armor all the way down to the gun and the helmet uh, was reused. Laser tag? No. No? Uh, they, they were, but they built him for the movie. Uh, or like cobbled them together and then they, you know, went out to the costume, right. wardrobe, and houses, reused and what? uh, Firefly. If you remember uh, the train job, uh, there's a whole train car of, uh, the Imperial soldiers with the same uniform and they're identical nice. to Starship Troopers. That's incredible. I mean, why not? And they're like, no why one's not? seen these yeah. uniforms before. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My favorite is the, uh, gun that Muldoon uses in Jurassic Park uh-huh. is like the most used gun shotgun. Everyone asks. Yeah, well, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of Jurassic Park, it's Phil Tippett who designed the aliens. In this. That's he's, true. Yeah. He's, he's the dinosaur supervisor. The aliens are great. Yeah. That's the one thing I really had. The bugs are cool as yeah. hell. Yeah. yeah. I got to see the, the brain bug puppet, um, at, uh, amalgamated dynamics. Oh, I thought everything was CG. Oh no. They have a lot of practice. They had a lot of puppets and, um, yeah, ADI, who they did a lot of that. They also, they worked on Predator. They've worked on Alien. Yeah. Um, we got to see their studio a while back, and um, they have on their wall, like, they like it's mounted the freaking brain bug just right there. Nice. It's uh, wonderful. Does it have its ovipositor, or is it cut off? The um, brain sucking? I think it's cut off. I, don't, I didn't see it. <laughs> Sliced. One of my favorite ones is, uh, it's one of the um, propaganda films. Uh, they throw in a cow into the... Uh, like yeah. the, the, the the feeding pen. pit, yeah. For, yeah. and uh, that cow is CGI mm. because they wanted to do some practical blood, so they CGI'd the cow so they could cover up the people who are spraying blood on the wall. Oh, mm-hmm. man. But then they ended up covering up the cow and the blood and adding the with a sensor. In. Oh, it just says censored, censored anyway. Oh, because right. they're worried the about rating. PETA. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. Being like, you can't even do this with CG. You can't just we'll destroy. protest it anyway. Yeah. But killing bugs are fine. 
This yeah. was no one cares about bugs. That's our good metaphor for a that we've totally dehumanized. We yeah. can cut off legs of soldiers, but well, PETA cares about shit to a degree that a yeah. lot of people yeah. don't. They got... That's not demonstrative, I think, of the bulk of humans. <laughs> they also had the green blood, I'm sure, which helped with the sensors. Oh yeah, when yes. when Smart. Carve from the wire showed up, I was very happy. And then when he blows oh, a yeah, bug up right. so much that oh, he gets shit, yeah. Nickelodeon gacked with its blood, <laughs> right? I was like, you're lucky these aren't xenomorphs because the troopers love bathing in alien blood. Like, yeah, yeah. Be yeah I, I also love um, Hank, something very visceral. Like the thing that I remember the most about, like, for some reason that stuck with me, obviously everyone remembers the cud shower. Uh, yeah. You know, like sure, but yeah. in 1997, little Abe, for some reason remembered when he just shoots the top of the big beetle and throws and throws a grenade and how it's because it's an exoskeleton there's no like tissue or anything right which i think is true about beetles it's just puddle of blood yeah like that band puddle of blood yeah Yeah. and he just throws it in there and it just goes you know like and i always thought that was like very visceral and gross it looks like oh willy wonka candy pie yeah it's like right. a crimson syrup the orange blood yeah. looks really the tasty blood, from yeah. the beetles yeah the beetles who can shoot ion cannons into space <laughs> from their body cavities yeah so good plasma that's a great moment that's bug plasma a great like integration of practical effects and cgi which i will say does not quite hold up the cgi in this is like yeah this year for CGI had The Lost World, Titanic, Spawn, I wrote them all down, Men in Black, mm. Flubber, Alien Resurrection, The Fifth Element. Flubber looks Event bad. Horizon. I watched it recently. The yeah. CGI is bad. Anaconda. Yeah. Um, that was bad too. Yeah, it kind of varies. Like, this was the point where CGI quality, like, there was a big difference depending on how much which money you had. You yeah. went to and it is a total money. tipping point because the spaceships in this, you're like, it's funny how Star Wars Episode Four came out twenty years before this, right? More, and your CGI looks almost as good as the opening Star Wars shots, but still not quite. You should have just shot some miniatures. I gotta wait tell five you those, more years those before were miniatures. You the spaceship, really? Yeah. Okay, then their model builders suck because they looked like shitty CGI to me. I mean, I'm sure some of it was CGI. I think the effects of them like falling apart, crashing because some of them crashed into stuff and exploded. There's yeah. got to be CGI. But I know elements. they had some model. Ones. Well, this is '97, so it predated uh, the Matrix. Right. Yeah. So that's when everyone decided, okay, we got to up our CG game. Although, which is funny because the Matrix has very little CG. Like yeah, what makes but it that special good. has nothing to do with CG. Uh, yeah, like uh, yeah. film tricks more than CGI. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Bullet time is more that's photography. A trick, yeah. 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 But I mean, it's also got, you know. Uh, they say the yeah. first thing the Academy looks at is your math scores. Why? That's my question. Why would that? Wouldn't it be how good you did in the pilot simulator or how good you are on the shooting course? (laughs) Well, at one point, Denise Richards, like, maps the telemetry of, like, faster than light travel, right? Still, though, computers, right? Like, computers Computers. could probably do the math. I'm just saying it's your first score. The very first thing they care about is your, like, raw math ability. I don't don't know. To go fight bugs. I get her partner says, like... You in one day you check my math and she's like check it it's right yeah. so she somehow did right. something without a computer. 
Yeah, that is. I mean, this is pre like smartphones. It's before. Like I, I know like the technology is staggeringly interesting. Yeah. Like the mix of like not understanding where technology will go, but trying to make it futuristic. Yeah. Because like if you want to be an astronaut now, you have to be good at math. But I think that's just because. Or do you even still? I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure it helps. I it's just feel like shit breaks down. I feel like yeah, it's yeah. in the toolkit, but it's not the first thing the academy would, especially the mobile infantry who are just there to kill stuff. Well, that's why he's in the mobile inf- infantry. He's not right? smart enough. He's shitty yeah, he's an yeah. idiot. He wins football or whatever it's called, smash ball. Jump ball. He wins jump ball by doing a standing forward flip <laughs> over his opponents. So and good. very importantly, that inspires him to later use that move in battle at With a key Diz, moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's great. <laughs> in battle. He's like, I know what will solve this like trench warfare battle, a standing forward flip, and it works. It works. <laughs> I like that we haven't really talked about the psychics, that there's psychics in the, the third yes. eye. Yeah. Eyes are psychics. Which is great. Like it's not you could write this film without psychics in it, I'm pretty sure. The book had them. So they oh, felt really? like they had to include them, I think. It felt like I mean I like it, but it felt like Looper, because Looper also had that where they're like, oh by the way, people can move things with their mind. And it's that also felt really like tacked on. A very fifties and sixties classic sci-fi hallmark is the assumption that in the future latent psychic abilities will come to the fore. Like a yeah. lot of classic Mutants. sci-fi authors yeah. thought that. Right. Yeah. Uh, in fact, there's a, I mean, it's from the book. I read from the cliff notes, uh, the ending of the book, I believe Doogie Hauser Dukes. Dukes. The ending similar, meaning that controls Rico with them capturing a brain bug and him going, but it's in more detail. Like they're scared of this maneuver. So we're going to do Neil it. <laughs> Patrick Harris's character, uh, Carl, 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 uh, goes into the mind of Rico and controls yes. him. And then earlier in the film, uh, when he's playing with his ferret, he says, contro- don't he's like, do don't that. do this to yeah. me. Yeah. So it's like a latent Which reference Which he does in the, the book, book, but they omitted that payoff in the movie for whatever reason. I would <laughs> say I kind of liked that... Um, yeah, because he sends he tells him that Denise Richards is alive psychically, right, right, right? To capture the brain bug. And he like... I really like the idea that part of them growing up is them accepting like the abuse in this world that of authority because it's sort of that where like when they have the funeral which by the way i i realized this the other day there's sci-fi writers have only thought of one way to do a space funeral in any movie jettison someone into space it's the slow conveyor belt yeah and then they jettison yeah them. with they the flag over the space. yeah yeah there's there's only the one way but at that where he says like Oh man, I'm sorry. It was. It had to be your. Dude, group. it's there way was worse. A low probability of survival, and yeah. he's just like, yeah, you know, I'd like that's what that's what we're here for. Like he's accepted. Yes. At that point, that's just like, yeah, you're my friend, but yeah, you almost killed me, but it's cool. Well, like Doogie's this. role in the as a cog in the machine is to send him to his death, and yeah. he doesn't resent that. And you're like, oh, that's what the society is it's like. A, he yeah. also notices that every single one of his friends have like limbs that are gone. Right. Right. Like all of the teachers. Okay, so two. Two observations. One real quick. I'll go in reverse order. Why don't they let the teacher keep his prosthetic limb in peacetime, like when he's teaching? Like his arm? It seems like a real good prosthetic limb that could help him out in a lot of situations. And they're like, no, Stumpy. 
Give us the limb back. We need it for people who are in the field, I guess. Fascist It could have been my choice, too. It could have been him, like, I want these kids to see the consequences sure. of war. But there's Wouldn't also it be that cool guy who's later? like, yeah. the mobile infantry made me the man I am today. And he has a prosthetic arm that's a fully cybernetic, perfectly functioning arm and no legs. Right. And to solve the leg problem, he's in a standard analog wheelchair. <laughs> We couldn't figure something futuristic out yeah. for this guy to walk around. Apparently <laughs> they nailed arms, but... No. They, they're still working on feet are yeah. just really hard. Yeah, peg legs. <laughs> and then the funeral, I just love that... And may, I'm sure this is a satirical point that love is not valued by this culture anymore. Diz just told him, I love you, Johnny. Like, I'm in love with you. To which his response was silence and continuing to fuck her. Right, yeah. Then the next day she dies in a battle... And at the funeral, he gives the eulogy and she goes and he says, she was my friend and a citizen. Dude, she said she loved you. You could come up with some better shit than that for the eulogy. She was your friend. Cold, man. Cold, rough riding. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, his only happiness in life is that he ascends the ranks of the military. It's that he's a lieutenant by the end. And you know, it's funny in the book. You know how, so in this, his happy climax, or his, like, his happy denouement, <laughs> is that the drill instructor, whatever his name, Brown, what's that actor's name, something Brown? The drill instructor? The Shh. drill sergeant. <clears throat> Clancy, oh, yeah. Brown. Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown, Clancy Brown yeah. Um, that sounds right. Becomes his, becomes a private, and he's in charge right. of him, and it's like full circle. Yeah. In the book, it's even more of a stretch. His own father, who said you can, you're forbidden to be a soldier, signs up as like a 71 year old private and is a private in his son's platoon, and that's the end. Right? How does oh, that work? Were they that de- desperate for people? It's that the war is getting so bad that they'll wow. take anyone. Yeah. Also, in the book, it only matters how acute your mind is because the armor is fully cybernetic armor, like Iron Man has. Oh. It's really just about your reaction time. And that was one of my favorite aspects of the book is how in depth and cool the armor is. All right. It's all like connected via cloud and it's making uh, strategy suggestions to you as you're battling. Right. It's really neat. The armor is like a coach character for the soldiers. I feel like those little details. I know they've been talking about um, readapting the book. <sighs> Just don't. Um, it can go away. It's yeah. Fun. I would say that even if they readapt it and they want to do it in like a more serious way, I bet you they'll still not include that cool stuff right because that reminds me of like um reading jurassic park like my favorite thing about the book is all the weird little scientific details details that they won't yeah exactly that you could never do in a movie or um world war z also has that in the book although that adaptation could have been better because they have to make the book basically easy easy consumption for the audience yeah also, that's got to shout out hank from breaking bad yep doing great work as always is also a total recall and is Dean Norris and is yeah. also in yeah. the new show Claws and I'll is excellent in that. Isn't Clancy Brown in? I bet. I bet he is. I, I think, think, think Robocop reuses a lot of. Uh, yeah, definitely. Okay, this I got to ask. Why is there a scene where they train in a maze by shooting at each other with lasers that shock you harmlessly but paralyze you? Then later in their training, when you'd assume they're at more Live advanced weapon. level of training. They're using live ammo against cardboard cutouts. Why is that the progression of training? I was saying, with the weapons. <laughs> they never once train against anything resembling a, a bug. bug. Yeah. Even the cardboard cutouts. It's not like a different alien. The cardboard yeah. cutouts are human shaped. Why are they not bug shaped? Yeah. Then, in that instance, Rico gets court martialed essentially for letting someone take off their helmet because they end up getting shot in the head with live ammo. 
but it's just a football helmet. Anyone could be shot in the face at any time. With in the fact, I so actually. Like, why does it matter if you even have? The I actually on? was pointing out that he was shot in the face. He was he, shot in the eye. He would have been killed. His helmet. The helmet so on. Rico didn't do anything. Yeah, he could have. He could have used that to defend himself, right? Like, did he not even put up a fight? I just don't know how he, he got caught. Marshall. He's like, yeah. he's like, he took his helmet off. Yeah, but he got shot in the leg. And, I, and yeah. it's because right, one of the soldiers gets shot with a laser, which electrocutes them, causing them to clench up which fires the gun that would be happening dozens of times every training exercise right there would right. be like if 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 getting shot with the lasers makes you involuntarily fire live ammo this is not a tenable training exercise right and the drill sergeant <laughs> fucking hucked a knife into someone's hand earlier like they don't there, there must be a hand. lot of death going well, on say, yeah, during training is the authority from which all other authority originates yeah so. he also breaks the arm of we're talking oh, the right. guy combat fracture through the skin. Yeah. 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 So, so I'm surprised they're so they're upset. just flippant with yeah. bodily harm. Pain. I love that. I was like, so if you're flying a giant ship and there's a crucial emergency and you need to save everyone on board the ship, you have to punch a glass case open with your fist yeah. to get to the button. Great. That's so dumb. That's amazing. Yeah. It's like, reset put, that. It's there's like, not even a little hammer on a chain. Yeah. Yeah. It's like whoever designed the spaceship also designed, designed like elementary schools. <laughs> yeah. Dude, in his desk at the beginning, they're trying to show how futury it is because everyone has basically an iPad as a desk. But he is just like doodling an MS Paint equivalent. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, <laughs> they're just like, look, we kiss. This is um, one of my favorite 90s futures. I believe they use the LA Convention Center at least once in this. Because they you gotta. Can, whenever they shoot like the future around here, it's like the same like four locations that look, at least in the 90s, that look halfway Oh yeah, futuristic. Wing Commander, right, get, out, yeah. get Out of Town. Yeah. It all looks the same. <laughs> I love... Uh, to show that he is the born leader and Jake Busey is not. He goes, uh, so they're all in an open battlefield with only one thing, which is a big gun, and they're all shooting at bugs, right? And then the bugs start to overwhelm them. Jake Busey stops firing to say, what do we do? What do we do? And he goes, I don't know. Kill him. Kill them all. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes like, that's why you're the leader. That's why You know that when the bugs come, we shoot, <laughs> shoot. We shoot at them. All of them. It's like, that's your leadership quality. Just shoot at, <laughs> shoot at them. Which ones? All of them. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, Ace is not known for his intelligence. So. Yeah, he's not. Yeah. I love how his intro where he cuts in line and he's like, Stupid rich kid. Oh yeah, and he was like, "Everyone needs a friend like me." I'll be your friend. Yeah, in I this love, movie, <laughs> he like does like three sixty. He does complete like jumps in personality. They're also constantly exposed to nuclear radiation. Yeah, apparently, like they use nu- nukes yeah. very willy nilly. Like toss a nuclear warhead over there, see what happens. <laughs> just, just like <laughs> nuke it up a notch. Yeah. Uh, there's a scene where Carve from The Wire, who I should know the actor's name. I'm sorry. Carver. Wears no shirt, a tusk necklace, and black and silver suspenders. That's true. That's when they're all partying, that's right? A, that's yeah. like a Burning Man outfit right there. I yeah. love that the outfit. The tusk yeah. necklace is particularly unforgivable. And, I, and it's thousands of years in the future, yet entertainment is space footballs, space violins, and dancing Irish jigs together. <laughs> that's yes, true. The violins are clear. That's how you know it's the future. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They got like a little green in them. They have a pelican case. Like they have a case specific. He's like, here's the beer and here is your 
government ordained case of entertainment uh, with individually nested one soccer ball, two footballs, yeah. and a violin made of green plastic. Yeah. By the way, Busey. that fiddle is giving you radiation poisoning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like there's, they made that it's a nuclear fiddle. It sucked his brains out. We have to mention that line. Which I love the I love osmosis. Anytime, anytime in any sci-fi or fantasy where you get smart from eating brains. Yes, it's awesome. Or something like that. They just or like eating the heart of a beast makes right. you stronger. I love that shit. Yeah. How does that? work like yeah. i get i kind of get the heart because that's like a spiritual thing or something you're getting it's, the brain it's drinks your milkshake man right. yeah yeah and it just pr- it's just the it gray just matter into... it's got a crazy digestive system that but, filters out the thoughts and the intelligence but i guess so even if you assume all human thought is encased in the brain in a physical structure sure isn't it all scrambled up the second that you like dissolve it That's and suck I mean. it through a pipe? Yeah, it's, it's blended. Like, it's yeah. like getting information by a compute from a computer by smashing it into bits and, and just and seeing the letter it. or like here's a word doc with all the information. The letters are in random order. Yeah. <laughs> hey, are you gonna question the big brain bug that I mean, looks that, whose well, body looks like a brain? That's okay, why wait. it's afraid. Isn't that how BitTorrent works, where it breaks it all down? That's and, true. Yeah. Yeah. Is he's is torrenting the brain? But and there's teleportation still, in theory in the Star Trek universe. Right. But the thing with a torrent file is it comes along with like a legend that says like. Once you download these little pieces, put them together in this order. Right. So Whereas this is sucking someone's brain against their will out of their skull. Are there markers to tell you like what order to build it in? They have an organ that's like reassemble the brain. Yeah, what if the taste buds like are can taste Mm. all the the minor little parts of the brain Mm -hmm. and know how to reassemble it? We do not know the brain bug. So I love the idea that the so the brain bug liquefies your brain, sucks it through a tube, and then in its stomach reassembles it yeah. so a little human brain yeah. is in there mm-hmm. communicating with it what if you regained consciousness I was about and to it was say like don't thing. panic you're a you're a brain inside of a bug's digestive tract now but it's fine this is some this, no! we're getting into black mirror territory that's, that's yeah. a terrifying yeah. black mirror <laughs> ending is you're just you're in a brain bug you're you're a brain in a vat and a bug well, i mean i <laughs> i think we're also dealing with a situation where there's psychics so our assumptions are wholly you know, unwarranted. Yeah. Maybe the way that intelligence works. I mean, don't they cut up, uh, didn't they do a test where they cut up like mealworms or That's something? been widely debunked. Yeah. It was a hoax. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That can't be replicated. It was only one scientist and everyone Damn. pretty much assumes that he was lying now because no one's ever been able to replicate it. But yes, there was a famous apocryphal study where a guy trained mealworms to run a maze ground them up and fed them to new worms and the new worms ran the maze. Yeah. Um, Man, that would be awesome if it was true because bad. you could just, when anybody dies, you just grind yourself up. Right. And yeah, feed yourself from to your what kids. I read, it's highly dubious. Just, <laughs> that it was eat true, your yeah. brains. Get your knowledge. But there's evidence that like, the one that gets me is elephants are supposed to have generational memory where an elephant can, or they're communicating in a way we don't know. An elephant can have a kid uh, die a thousand miles away from its like home watering hole, and then in a drought, its kid will go directly back to that watering hole huh. as if its parent told him like, "If you're ever in a pinch, there's a watering hole here." And it's like either they communicated that somehow that we don't know, or they <clears> actually <throat> have genes that encode 
locational memory, like a strong instinct to go in that yeah, direction. Yeah, fantastic memory. Right. Fucking I awesome. could see them communicating. They're pretty shifty animals. I so think. Like, couldn't like, it just be that they're talking they're and have a memory and yeah. remember things? Maybe? I thought they, I just assumed that they were grounding up their moms and dads <laughs> and eating <laughs> them. Well, they have the trunk. It's <laughs> right. easy to point. Yeah, it's slurping. over there. Oh, well, I no, thought you were like this slurping up yeah. the burn. Oh, no, I just meant a trunk is very good for pointing in the direction of a watering hole, not that they're cracking open the skulls of other elephants <laughs> and slurping their brains up. Knowledge. I'm out. You guys got more trooper talk before we wrap up? Uh, Dave, I see you graciously made notes. Thank you for preparing. I did. Are I, there fun factoids we haven't gotten to? I think I'm all set. I'm pretty sure I've I've talked about everything I'd like to talk about. Nice. Yeah, we, we hit a, the main parts, some trivia bits. Yeah. I'm I'm good, Michael. All right, we're good. This is frame rate. Star Troop Troopers. You've been trooped. This has been a small beans endeavor. We're a bunch of pals who make podcasts, sketches, music, web series, and movies. The beans always have new ideas percolating, so make sure to check us out at patreon.com slash smallbeans. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash smallbeans, where you can browse all of our current and past content, see what we've got planned in the future, and learn how your support can help the small beans grow into huge giant monster beans. If you enjoyed this content module, please like, rate, subscribe, or tell a friend about us. We love you!